Bible, and we're in the penultimate talk of the fourth section, if you've been keeping a careful eye on where we've been going on this. Uh, this fourth section is about Christ, and today we're going to consider the commission Jesus gave to his disciples. Mike is going to ring, bring us our reading now. Our reading today is taken from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, reading verses 18 to 20. The last recorded words uh, that Jesus gave to his disciples. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Thank you, Mike. Let me just add my own welcome to Martin's as well, if you're visiting us today. It's lovely to have Amory and Daniel with us, but others as well. It's great to see you. If we've not met, my name's Tom. Uh, I'm the vicar, and uh, we're, as Martin said, going back into a series that tries to look through the whole of the Bible and apply it to the whole of life. And uh, we're going to sort of dive back into that. At the right point of the year, having looked at Jesus' resurrection, uh, we're now getting towards that point where he uh, ascends back to glory. And these are some of his final words before he does that. So let's pray together, and then we're going to invite God to speak to us through his word this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you that we are part of a global family, that in you we are brothers and sisters with people around the world, including Esther in Malawi. And Lord, thank you that that is because your gospel, your good news, your presence has gone out from that place in Jerusalem a couple of thousand of years ago and has spread and is still spreading to reach people in every part of the world, including ours. So Lord, would you encourage and inspire us as we think about your words together this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I wonder if you remember, sort of, uh, he's trying to do some of those tongue twisters that you sometimes uh, used to try and say at school. Um, there is a point to this, we'll come back to it in a minute, don't worry. Uh, the one that came to mind when I was thinking about tongue twisters was the she sells seashells. Just put your hand up if you think you know that one. We're going to try and say it together. Brilliant. We'll just do the first bit. It's quite long. Do you realise it's quite long? We'll just do the first bit, okay? Uh, it's like six words. We'll say it together. She sells seashells on the seashore, okay? I've never heard a big room of people trying to say it together before, so let's give it a go. Ready? She sells seashells on the seashore. Yeah, it was okay, but it was quite slow. Now, here's the whole thing. This is purely really just so you can have a laugh at me this morning. Um, this is going to be a disaster. I had to check it was one of those ones that doesn't end up making you say a naughty word halfway through. I think it's fine. <laughs> she sells seashells on the seashore. The shell seashells are seashells, I'm sure. For if she sells seashells on the seashore, then I'm sure she sells seashore shells. Yeah, you know, that's a full thing. 
yeah, don't worry, I haven't spent too long practicing. Um, the reason I was thinking about that was because as I was uh, praying for uh, this passage this morning that Mike's just read for us from Matthew, uh, one of the things you try and do, I think, when you're preaching is, can you sum it up in one sentence? Uh, because if you can sum up what you're trying to say in one sentence, then I think you've really got to grips with what God is trying to say, and everything else is a sort of illustration and application of that. Sometimes say to preachers, can you, by Sunday morning, can you sum up what you're going to say? If you got into a lift with somebody, uh, obviously it's a bit tight in the hall, but let's just imagine you can, could you sum it up in one minute? And as I was thinking about it, I realized that my summary was becoming a bit of a tongue twister. So here's my tongue twister based on Matthew, uh, the end of Matthew 28. Since as disciples we're to make disciples, the disciples we should make should be disciple-making disciples. <laughs> Does that make sense? Since as disciples we should be making disciples, the disciples we should be making should be disciple-making disciples. Does that make sense, doesn't it? And I thought, oh, brilliant, I'll go sit down. Um, because, interestingly, there's, there's actually only one command in this bit that Jesus says to his disciples there at the end of Matthew. Now, it doesn't come across quite as well to us in English uh, as it does in the Greek that it was written in. Jesus says to them in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, only one of those words is actually an imperative, as in an instruction, like, go. But it's not go in the Greek. Go is actually in the same tense as the other ing words, baptizing and teaching. The word which is an imperative, an instruction or a command, if you like, is make disciples. That's the key phrase, make disciples. If you were to absolutely literally translate it into English, you'd be left with something very clumsy. And that's why they don't do it. But it would literally say, going, make disciples. Teaching and baptizing. Going, make disciples. Now you can hear why you can't put that in English because it gets very clumsy and you can't really understand. Perhaps a slightly helpful way of thinking of that is as you go, make disciples. The making of disciples is the imperative. That's the instruction. That's the command. The other words are sort of supplementary to that. They describe it. So as you go, make disciples, teaching them and baptizing them. The key thing is to make disciples. And I think that's actually really helpful to realise because it shows us that we can all be doing it. If we put the emphasis in English on the instruction to go, then I think we might end up limiting it to the people that we think of as going to be missionaries. People who go. And those of us who stay in one place think, oh, well, that's not talking to us. That's for those uh, brave people who go off to other parts of the world and seek to make disciples somewhere else or other parts of our country or wherever it is. But actually, when you understand it, that the go is not the command. It's as you go, as you live your life, as you journey your way along the path that God has for you, make disciples. And then you realize that actually that is something that all of us can be doing. If we should be making disciples who make disciples, then the disciples we make should be disciple-making disciples. As we go, 
our call, all of us, if we're followers of Jesus, is to try and, by his power, make other followers of Jesus who make other followers of Jesus. And therefore, the good news in the kingdom spreads and it reaches out to every part of the world, including the parts of the community around us where God has placed us. As you go, make disciples. I think that's really helpful. And the other thing, of course, is to realise that we're spreading this out not as inferior copies. I had a conversation with someone actually just before the service started, and I'm really grateful to them because it's given me this illustration. So thank you, Alan. Um, we were talking about keys and making copies of keys. And if you start with a master key, and then you make a copy of that key, and then you make another copy of the copy, and then a copy of the copy of the copy, people will realise eventually that those keys get inferior in quality and it gets harder and harder to unlock the lock. But if you keep hold of the master copy and you always make the copies of the keys from the master, then those copies will be as close to the original as they can be. Now one of the wonderful things for us about going out and trying to make disciples and seeing, if you like, these followers of Jesus multiplying is that we're not on this chain of ever-weakening copies. Because Jesus is alive. Jesus' Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus' word is living and active. So as we try and introduce other people to Jesus, we're introducing them to, as it were, the master copy. And that is a huge relief as well, isn't it? Because I am very, very aware of my own false failings and the ways that my life doesn't fully reflect the glory and the love and the joy of Jesus. If I was trying to say to people, you should be a Christian because if you follow Jesus, then you might be as good as me. <sighs> Firstly, I would have a massive issue with pride. And secondly, no one would want to. But if I say to you, come on, follow Jesus, because he himself can be at work in your life to give you the life and the hope and the joy that he has directly. Wow. We're not making copies of copies of copies. We're introducing people to Jesus so that the disciples who make disciples are making disciple making disciples. And so it goes on. And that's why this good news of Jesus has gone out to the world. There's still many, many places, as I say, including many, many people around us here who haven't yet heard or responded in faith to this good news that Jesus, the Son of God, came into this world, lived the perfect life, died in our place, rose again, defeated death, ascended into glory, sent his Holy Spirit and promises one day to return and restore heaven and earth to how it should be. There are people who still haven't heard that good news. But the wonderful thing for us is that Jesus invites us to be disciple-making disciples. Disciple-making, disciple-making disciples, in fact. And we don't do it by trying to make copies of ourselves, but by introducing to people to Jesus, who is the master copy and whose Holy Spirit can do it. And actually, he tells us that in those verses as well. If it sounds a bit scary, think, oh, that sounds like, I don't think I can be a disciple-making disciple-maker. Well, the good news is that you don't have to, and neither do I, because actually, it's him at work. We're just the heralds of the good news. We're the ones who point people to Jesus and say, it's not me, it's him. Because he says two other things, doesn't he? The basis of this mission that he sends the disciples out on is that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. 
We don't do it in our authority or power or abilities. We go under Jesus' authority and all authority, all of it, is his. And then at the end, he comforts them by saying, not only do we go with his authority, we go in his presence. Very last words of Matthew's gospel. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He calls his disciples to be disciple-making, disciple-making disciples. But he doesn't just send us out on our own. We go in his authority and power. And we go in his presence with us. And what that looks like can look like lots of different things. It might look like people going. It might be where some people are called is to go, go somewhere else. Find a new challenge, find a new place, join in with something that's happening in a different part of the world or a different part of our country or something like that. But actually, probably for most of us, it's more that going make disciples. As we journey through life, as we spend life alongside others, as we pray for them and talk with them, we invite them to things or just try to show them that in Jesus we found someone who has turned our life around, we will have those opportunities. As you welcome people into church, as you blow up the 400th balloon for Christian Aid Week and pin it to the back, as you um, go out on Good Friday and give out a hot cross bun, as you uh, clean the church so that people feel welcome when they arrive on a Sunday, whatever it is, journeying through life, going through life, walking with Jesus through life, as we make that journey, we can make disciples. We can all play our part in seeing people not only come to know Jesus, but that those people would go on to help others come to know Jesus as well. And so it continues. There's more Christians alive in the world today than there were yesterday. And there were more Christians alive in the world yesterday than there were the day before. And so on, all the way back for 2,000 years and counting. It might not always feel like that, but it's true. The disciples were sent out, and through them, this good news has gone into the world. The disciples who make disciples have been disciple-making disciples. And we can, all of us, no matter where on life's journey we are, can play our part in that as well. So should we pray and ask him to do that through us? Lord Jesus, thank you that all authority is yours. You are the king, the sovereign over your creation. And as we go to serve you, we go not in our own power, not in our own strength, not in our own authority, but in yours. So Lord, as we make our journey through life, would you help us to make disciple-making disciples, to see people baptised in your name, to share your teaching that obeying you is where perfect freedom is found, and to know you with us always to the very end of the age. Amen.